I'm going to go ahead and call the meeting of the Health Education, uh, Health and Healthcare Subcommittee to, to order and ask Representative Kirby if you will open us with prayer. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for another beautiful day. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be of service to the state of South Carolina and to her people. We pray that you will give us wisdom and guidance in our decisions and thoughts this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I'd like to welcome everyone to the meeting this morning. We have uh, three documents on the agenda. Number first one is 4854, dealing with occupational therapy. And I'll recognize this time as Holly Beeson. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the committee. I'm Holly Beeson I'm with LLR. I, we have three regulations before you today. And um, the first one is from the Board of Occupational Therapy. I have with me our board chair, Dr. Leslie Wilson-James, and she will be able to give you more specific answers to questions and a, and a, a better overview of it. But just to hit the highlights for you, um, again, this, this all began when the governor asked the boards to review the regulations to make any changes to delete um, things that were unnecessary, burdensome to uh, industry. In this particular case, we, the board did a couple of things. Um, one thing they did was review the requirements for obtaining your license again after you have been inactive for a while or after your license has lapsed. And they wanted to put some, some more details or specific things in place as far as what they thought was necessary in order to be competent to practice again. And certainly want to always encourage people to reinstate. It's not meant to be burdensome at all. It's In fact, it's just the opposite. In some regards, we are reducing the number of hours required for um, for retain, reinstating your license. That is one change. And then we've got uh, the update to the code of ethics. Most of our boards have a code of ethics and we try to keep them in line with the national boards to ensure that individuals who are practicing in other states and come here are already familiar with the ethical requirements. So you don't change based on what state you're in. And so that is, um, the other main change we have in here, but beyond that, I will let Dr. Uh, James speak and provide you with more information, more details, and answer any questions. Thank you. Good morning. Um, the, as Ms. Beeson has already shared with you, our profession um, has an extreme shortage at this moment. Um, we're expected to have a 24% growth in the profession over the next five to 10 years. And with that being said, we have professionals who've been out of practice um, who are well-trained, uh, but they, uh, we want to protect the public and make sure they're competent enough to re-enter. 
Um, and so this is uh, part of what we're proposing is to allow that group of practitioners an opportunity to come back to work and to provide services of occupational therapy in our great state and some of those rural and outlining areas uh, that really have children and uh, older adults that uh, could benefit from the service. So that is uh, one part. And the other part is our code of ethics. Uh, we definitely want to stay aligned with our national organization and uh, have ethical practices in South Carolina. And as healthcare evolves, uh, the ethical issues evolve. And so the second change is addressing that to more align ourselves uh, to uh, have regulations that address ethical issues uh, that might come up in those realms. Thank you. Could you kind of explain why or the reason or the rationale why you reduce the number of hours required to re regain your uh, or reactivate your license? Yes, Representative Foster. That is because uh, the shortage that I mentioned of occupational therapists national, nationwide, and particularly in our state, um, it was very difficult and burdensome, burdensome to those who were trying to return to practice to find a occupational therapist in some of those outer line areas. And, that would actually uh, allow that amount of time. So we did lower the hours um, of working there, but we also increased the amount of continuing education and we increased the format, um, requiring it to be face-to-face -face because we really felt that that was important. If you have been disconnected from practice uh, for many years, it is important to get uh, around clinicians who have been engaged and not to uh, take more of the web-based courses or um, uh, but have more face-to-face -face interaction. So we lowered that, but we increased the other one. Anyone have any questions? Am I reading this correctly? You, you dropped from 500 hours to 250 for mm -hmm. clinical practice? under an on-site supervisor. That was, again, the uh, hardship. We had had several cases that came before us where finding that on-site supervisor for that amount of time uh, was a challenge, uh, particularly, again, in some of the outer line areas. How do you deem that 250 is appropriate? Um, well, we look at the fact that, again, they have been um, trained um, they have education in the area, and we feel that they need more on-site. The on-site should be dedicated more to the current practices within that setting, current policies related to uh, practice reimbursement, um, related to patient care. Um, so we feel that they definitely have a strong baseline. And so with the continuing education and the mentoring of the on-site um, that we felt was appropriate. So you're just kind of focusing on the important issues that they may not have the special training in? Right. And um, typically, um, it, it, we would definitely still look at applicants by case by case. And uh, a typical thing that we have uh, done in the past is require um, the uh, particular setting that uh, we may have them focus in on and then um, expand setting uh, 
uh, setting privileges later. So is that site supervision in a in a practicing uh, physical therapy office? Is that it's an, it could it's an it could be in a physical therapy office, but it's under the direction of an occupational therapist. So okay. an occupational therapist uh, who is licensed, registered, and certified nationally would have to be the supervising uh, person working with this person who's trying to uh, re-enter the profession. And one last question on the ethics: You're going to the national board. Um, is there anything in that code of ethics that would be contrary to South Carolina's code of ethics? In our review, we did not find anything that would. Okay. All right. Okay, we have a... Mr. Chairman, at this time I'd like to make a motion that we send this document to the full committee for recommendation that be approved. I have a motion. Second. And second. Any further discussion? All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All naysayers. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> unanimous. Okay. Uh, then it's unanimous. We thank the committee for your time and attention to this matter. Thank you. Next up is 4856 Board of Physical Therapy Examiners. Ms. Beeson. Very briefly introduce this in the same manner that I had Dr. James. We have Miss Mary Addison Blackstone. She is the chair of our Board of Physical Therapy Examiners. So once again, she can give you more detailed information about this update to their regulations. But this one is actually um, a result of our passage of the General Assembly's passage of the compact, the interstate compact that we talked about last week. And so with the adoption of the compact, it became necessary that we update our regulations to ensure that they conform to the requirements of the compact. Um, a lot of it is a verbiage change uh, as far as like the types of activities relate, or related to continuing education, uh, more definitions explaining what is and what is not allowed as far as CE is concerned. Uh, that, that is probably the bulk of it, but it, I will let um, Ms. Blackstone explain that. If you have any additional questions that I could answer, I'm happy to answer. Okay. Good morning. Um, thank you all for allowing us to come before you today. Um, so the what you have before you outlines the regulatory changes or, that we need to needed to adopt according to the compact passage last year. So those two things are addressing the um, need for background checks for initial applicants, as well as the um, making it easier for licensees to locate the rules and regulations according to the national compact that we have entered. Um, the last thing, and it may seem like just from it, because it's a lot of additional words as compared to what we had before in regards to continuing education, but truly our goal with this was not to make it more burdensome on the applicant or on the licensee, but rather allow them more options away from that traditional CE model where it's all online or all in a classroom setting, but giving them some credit for um, if they teach in an institution of higher learning or if they publish research or if they educate students in a clinical setting 
giving them credit for those types of activities. So focusing more on um, professional development and continuing competence than just the traditional CE. So those, that kind of outlines the changes that we are proposing to you this morning. Okay, any questions for the committee? Um, yes, I would like to ask one question. Kirby? Um, on the, um, currently with the CE credits that, mm -hmm. that are required, what does this, uh, these changes uh, provide in terms of less or more uh, CE type uh, credits? So the, the Practice Act is, stays the same, where it still says that we are requiring the 30 or 3.0 or 30 contact hours of education. And in the new verbiage, we've just laid out that we are going to require that they do at least 15 hours in that traditional model, in that CE model. Now, if they would like to continue to do all 30 in that traditional model, it's definitely allowable and okay. We're just broadening it that they could go down other avenues as well to give them more latitude and flexibility and option. So I know uh, the physical therapists that I know are they're working 12 hours a day. Correct. Uh, it's kind of so hard for them to get out and go. So within that, a lot of those people that are working 12 hours a day, they um, take students and yeah. they help educate. So they may take an eight to 12 week student. We're giving them credit for that. Whereas before they were not given credit, it was mandatory that they had to do everything in that traditional classroom online conference type setting. Yeah. So this actually should benefit them um, towards meeting that each biennium. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being with us. Any other questions? In Regulation 101.16, you adopted the rules of the Compact Commission. Who enforces those rules? So that still is a function of the board. So um, our job as far as enforce, rule enforcement, public safety, that still falls squarely on the Physical Therapy Board of Examiners. And you adopt those rules by reference and state that they can be found on the commission's website. And I know Megan searched that quite extensively and couldn't find it. Well, I'll have to look into that for you. <laughs> we need to make sure that that's, that that's easily easily accessible. Yes. Perfect. Thank you for pointing that out. And did you have any other feedback from the regulated community? Regarding the compact or mm -hmm. regarding the CE changes? The CE changes. Everybody that we've worked with from the state, um, SCAPTA, the South Carolina APTA, um, to the board members themselves have really embraced these changes because we feel like it truly is moving in the direction of continuing professional development and adding to be professional continuous learners. Um, so I think honestly it's going to reinforce um, development activities without through the state and the licensees. Okay. Any other questions? What's the pleasure? Mr. Chairman, at this time I'd like to make a motion that we send this document to the full committee with a recommendation to be approved. Second. Motion and second. Any further discussion? All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed like sign. And it's unanimous. Thank you. Thank I you appreciate very much. the time. The last document is 4863.
LLR Board of Nursing Code of Ethics. It's decent. This is a very simple change. Of, I can't remember if it was 2013 or 2014 when the Board of Nursing made the adoption uh, by reference to the Code of Ethics, but that change was already in place. The problem I'm correcting here is that we incorrectly referred to the to the association as the American Nursing Association, but it's actually the American Nurses Association. So I'm correcting that Scrivener's error. The other thing we're doing is identifying the year of the, the Code of Ethics was adopted so that there's no question that if the National Association updates its Code of Ethics, then we still adhere to this one until the board comes back and adopts a change and puts that in regulation so that there's no question about which version of a code of ethics we would be adopting. Um, this is a contrary, this is different from the way occupational therapy did where they fleshed all of theirs out in the regulation. This is incorporating it by reference but ensuring that we know which version is applicable. Okay. Any questions? I have one question. Hey, I'm Holly. Um, so every time the American Nurses Association made any change to this code, you would have to come back here and, and we would have to talk about that? <laughs> we, we would have to if we do it this way or even if we typed it all out in the recommendation, I mean in the regulation. The good thing is that they're not, a, they're not updated that often yeah. because it's, it's a lot of information and it takes a long time for them to plod through it. And hopefully ethics don't change that much in, in the real world. There may be a few tweaks here and there, but that's what Dr. James and I were just talking about before we came in here. And she said the same thing with OT, that these associations will review them and update when necessary, but it's not an annual thing. Um, like for instance, this, this is the 2015 version here, and I, so I have every reason to believe they've not updated it since then, or else we would be looking at adopting the more updated version. And there are no really other substantive changes to anything other than the, the name and a date? That, that that's exactly right. It. This was the simplest one I had all year. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> that should make it fairly simple for us, I would hope. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good thing that if they change it nationally, we might not like it. Yeah. So we don't have to automatically change. Any other questions? I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Chairman, this time I'd make a motion that we send this document to the full committee with a recommendation for it to be approved. Have a motion. Second. And a second. Any further discussion? All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, like sign. And the motion carries unanimous. Thank you so much. Is there any further business to come before the committee? Thank you. Hearing none, we will be adjourned. Short, simple, and sweet.